Good morning, witches. This is the Witch Daily Show, coming to you from New Orleans, with host Tanya Brown. Our episodes span about 20 minutes long to give you just a little pop of magic. So, tune in, take a deep breath, and enjoy. Good morning. It is March 23rd, 2023. It is Thursday. I am Tanya, and this is the Witch Daily Show. Today's episode is brought to you by The Magic of Trees. So, let's get your day going with a little magic. Our quote of the day is, Or maybe spring is the season of love and fall the season of mad lust. Spring for flirting, but fall for the untamed, delicious, wild thing. By Elizabeth Cohen. So we have been drinking Witch's Cupboard. It's just a really great tea for this allergy season. So Witch's Cupboard is named after the debris at the bottom of a witch's cabinet. It has chamomile and peppermint and rooibos, and it is just absolutely um, amazing. So we talked about chamomile last week. This week we're talking about mint. So we already went through the magical properties. Um, what else did we do? I think we did. So uh, Oh, we did magical properties. Then we did medicinal properties, and now we're doing um, culinary so this is from thespruceeats.com. So mint is an aromatic herb produced by various species of the mint plant. It's native to Eastern Mediterranean, and mint gets its name from the mythic nymph named Minth. Jealous, Persephone turned her into a lowly mint plant after she had an affair with Pluto, the god of the underworld. The mint plant is common and a favorite of many gardeners, and so it's really easy to grow. Yes, I, I also heard it will completely take over. Uh, if it's in, like, a pot or a planter with another herb, like, it'll completely just take over and, like, destroy the other herb. That's what I hear. Okay, so in cooking, fresh mint leaves are usually cut into ribbons and added to recipes. So a stalk with a few tender leaves is placed in hot or cold beverage. It can be crushed or muddled to release flavor. Dried mint leaves can be added to sauces or stews as they simmer. And mint extract is used to mint flavor baked goods or confections, uh, such as like hot chocolate. So there's a whole bunch of things you can make with mints. Um, traditionally, it complements lamb or poultry. It is widely used in Middle Eastern and Greek dishes, including salads, um, side dishes, sauces. Uh, my personal favorite is there is this salad I got off TikTok like last year, and it is to this day one of the best things I've ever eaten in my entire life. It was delicious. I looked forward to eating it every day. It was so healthy. I felt so good after it. But basically, it was like this salad made with like farro, pistachios, mint, cucumber. Um, I added chickpeas, I think, to it or chicken. Oh, it was absolutely wonderful. So 
yeah, I'm a big fan of mint and salads. So in the home, mint uh, has long been used as an aromatic. As a stewing herb, it was scattered around the house as a deodorizer, and today it is commonly used in sachets and potpourris. Some soap makers add small amounts of dried mint to their soaps, while peppermint oil is sometimes used in aromatherapy to um, improve alertness. So store fresh mint in the refrigerator or place the stems in a container of water and cover the leaves loosely with a a plastic bag. And then dried mint is stored in a cool, dark place in a sealed jar. All right, moving into some headlines. This comes to us from bloodydisgusting.com. Netflix is at it again. Chupa, Netflix gives first look at the Chupacabra cryptid family adventure. Oh my gosh, this is going to be the new um, Harry and the Hendersons. So the vampiric Chupacabra gets re-envisioned in Netflix's upcoming fantasy film, Chupa. Chupa. The streaming service's first look images reveal the cryptid's cuter side. Oh, no thank you. Uh, it, I guess it's cute, but I don't like it. It's scary. <laughs> Not for me. Not for me. Honestly, when creatures are cute, it makes it creepier, I think. Anyways, the nun's Damien Bircher starts this family adventure that sees a teen boy discover an adorable chupacabra club. Cub. Christian Slater also stars. Look for this adorable take on the Chupacabra legend when Chupa debuts on Netflix on April 7th. In the film, shy 13-year-old Alex flies from Kansas City to Mexico to meet his extended family for the first time. There he meets his grandfather and former Lucha Libre um, champion, energetic wrestling-obsessed cousin, and fearless hip cousin, But just as Alex begins to get his bearings, he discovers a mythical creature living in his grandfather's shed, a young chupacabra cub, which he recognizes from stories of the feared full-grown chupacabra fabled to feed on farmers' livestock. Alex soon learns that his new friend Chupa has a secret history with his family and that dogged, dangerous scientist Richard Quinn, played by Christian Slater, is hunting the misunderstood creature to try and harness his powers. To protect Chupa from impending danger, Alex sets off on the adventure of a lifetime, one that will push the bonds of his newfound family to the brink and remind him that life's burdens are lighter when you don't have to carry them alone. Cute. Cute, but I'm going to tell you right now, not, not for me. Not for me. Um, it's spooky, it's scary, and I don't like when creatures or monsters are made cute. I think that makes them scarier, um, but it looks really adorable. All right, witches, I'm going to throw this over to our moon correspondent, and after this break, we will talk more. Hello to all of my astro friends. This is Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, coming at you with your daily moon mantra for Thursday, March 23rd. The waxing crescent moon continues to do exactly what it wants to do in Aries today. Here, the moon opposes Pluto. Pluto is getting ready to shift into a new sign, which is not a thing it does very often. It's moving from Capricorn to Aquarius. 
At the moment, though, it's hanging out at the very last degree of Capricorn. The last degree of any sign carries with it a sense of urgency, a feeling that we need to wrap things up as we're getting ready for a big change. The moon opposing Pluto at this degree is making us keenly aware of all the transformations that Pluto has brought to the section of our charts where Capricorn is. We're being reminded of what the last 15 years has brought to this sector of our lives and how different we are now than we were then. Take some time with this. Really sit in those realizations and allow them to settle in. You are not the you that you were then. You're someone new, someone who has crystallized and possibly even taken flight. The you before had its purpose, but this newer, better you is ready for its time in the sun. Your daily moon mantra is, you can't hold on to your old life while trying to make a new one. This has been your daily moon mantra with Serendipity, the Chicago astrologer, signing off and reminding you that you are in charge of your own destiny. The Magic of Trees is not just a book on tree magic. It is about drawing on the strength of forests and tree energy to better connect with ourselves, other people, and the world around us. Each chapter reinforces meditations, spells, and rituals that will reconnect humanity with its roots at every stage of life. These practices take a hands-on approach to life and spiritual work. They lead to individual self-awareness and fulfillment through healthy natural practices. Plus, this text has the added benefit of fine-tuning spiritual tree connections, which never stop growing. Find the magic of trees wherever books are sold. All right, so we are back, and uh, because it is Ostara season and we're nearing Easter, um, I think, I don't know when Easter is, I think it's like early April, we are talking egg symbolism and decorating in Slavic culture, and this was an article from Witchway Magazine, March 2023, written by Zahara Nagash. So nothing is more traditional at Ostara than dying eggs. As with most cultures and spiritual paths, the egg represents new life, renewal, and rebirth. The coloring or painting of eggs has ancient roots dating back to South Africa 60,000 years ago, but their first appearance on altars, um, let's see, yeah, so the first appearance on altars to celebrate a holiday was 2,500 years ago in Persia to celebrate Nowruz or Persian New Year. From Persia, the art of egg decorating to celebrate spring festivals spread around the world. In Slavic culture, it was embraced uh, ecstatically. In Slavic paganism, the egg appears in many creation stories, such as the myth of the Swarog, creating the world from a golden egg, or another myth where the immortal Koshi could never be killed because his soul was nested in various eggs. Kind of sounds like Horcruxes from Vol Voldemort, right? Um, I've, I've just learned about Horcruxes. I don't even know how, I think. Because um, I was never into Harry Potter. Uh, but it's culturally, like, was such a big deal. 
that it has slowly seeped in from the air into my pores. And, like, I feel like I'm very slowly learning information about it. Like, wholly against my will. But, um, yeah, so that's funny. They couldn't kill him because his, his soul like, was in all these eggs. Egg decorating, or pensanki, which means to write, became so important in Slavic culture that while working in an ancient home in Ukraine, archaeologists found ceramic uh Piansky painted with symbols that would ward off evil. So winters in Europe are long, harsh, and agonizing, so the egg quickly became a way to welcome in the spring. In Poland and Russia, the carefully painted Pasanki became part of the spring festival, uh, Topiknik, a festival that celebrates the end of the ruling of goddess Marzana, the goddess of winter, and the coming of Vesna, the goddess of spring. Symbols of spring spirits and deities would be carefully painted on the eggs and placed on altars inside the home. Making pisanki uh, is different than just regularly dyed eggs. So the eggs are first dyed with a natural dye from onion skins, beets, berries, or coffee grounds. Then once dry, the eggs are then intricately drawn on with kitska, a small wax stylus for beeswax. Once the wax is heated under a candle, it will flow out of the tip like ink. The eggs are covered in symbols like ladders for prosperity, pine needles for health, birds for the fulfillment of wishes, and roses for love. Once the designs are applied, the eggs are then placed into the natural dye again. Now, here is an option. You can either poke a hole at the bottom and drain the egg of its contents, or you can leave the egg as is because the best part of Pizanki is that, is that it can last forever. If you coat your eggs with varnish, you can display them in little shot glasses or baskets, and they will be on display for as long as you want. When your Pizanki are complete with beautifully etched symbols, why wouldn't you want to display them? So one of the best parts is that anyone can do it. It's a beautiful way to welcome in the spring and add your symbols and meanings to them. Several websites sell kits as well as Etsy and Amazon, and you don't have to make them to celebrate spring. You can make them if you are trying to get pregnant, putting fertility symbols on them, and displaying them in your bedroom. If you want to absorb negative energy in your home, you can create Pisanki with symbols to draw the negativity into the eggs. This spring, take your egg decorating a step beyond and learn the ancient art of Slavic Pizanski. Take an ancient tradition and make it your own. Happy decorating. So, Zahara is a fourth-generation Russian witch. She is the owner of Snake and Bone and the founder of Pagans Behind Bars Project. She currently resides in Richmond, Virginia, and can be found at snakeandbone.com. So I thought that was really cool. Um, you know, we can find, I love learning about like how different cultures, like all kind of do something really similar. Um, I think the more we can learn about that, the more we can, um, realize that like we're all just one group of people and that like, I don't know, there's just a lot of hate in the world. I mean, this is a very classic thing to say, like, you know, it's, it's not, you know, world, it's not world breaking news, but I like that we all have really similar practices in all of our cultures. I think it's really neat. 
All right, witches. Thank you for, again, dealing with my allergies. They've been really terrible. I'm trying to work through them. I'm going to Google, like, what I can do to make my allergy medicine just more potent. I don't know. But it's definitely rough. Anyways, the pollen's really, really bad here. I think I read somewhere that, like, the pollen here is one of the worst, uh, like, anywhere. So, uh. Um, however, we are wrapping up this episode of the Witch Daily Show. I want to give a shout out to listener Sarah H. Sarah, you, op you opulent, mystical leprechaun. River, river, you scrumptious, luminous sun goddess. Tara, you dreamlike, glorious wendigo. And finally, Charlotte, you playful, tenacious garden nymph. Thank you for so much being Patreon supporters. I really, really appreciate it. And that's all I've got for you today. Don't forget on Sunday, we have our Patreon. Um, I have witch chat, but I think it's a live show. I think it's live show. I don't think it's witch chat. But, oh yeah, it is. It's, it's um, live show. Sunday for our Patreon members, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central. I'll, I'm doing a live show recording. So uh, check that out. And that's it. Don't forget any books, decks, headline sources. Anything we've referenced today can be found in the podcast episode description or witchpod.com and we will talk again tomorrow oh also don't forget if you're a fan of yellow jackets it premieres tonight what what so excited witches we hope you have a wonderful day full of joy and gentleness and confidence Links for this week's episodes, our website, Patreon, along with a free daily card pull can be found at witchpod.com. One stop for everything we talk about. Now, take one more deep breath and have a great day. I had an abortion when I was 15 years old in my home state of Arizona in 1994. It was not a decision that I made lightly, but I have never for one moment doubted that it was the right decision for me. But so much has changed in Arizona and many other states since then. If I were that same 15-year-old in Arizona today legally, I would have to get parental consent. I would be forced to undergo a medically unnecessary ultrasound, go to a state-mandated in-person counseling session designed solely to shame me into changing my mind, and then take a state-mandated 24-hour time out to make sure I really know what I wanted. And finally, I would be forced to give the state a reason why. Well, here is mine. It is my body, not the state's. Women and their doctors are the ones that are in the best position to make informed decisions about what is best for them no one else. No bill that criminalizes abortion will stop anyone from making this incredibly painful decision. These bans will not stop abortion from happening, but they will drive women and girls and people into the shadows, which is what this has always been about, shaming and controlling women's bodies. In the week after I shared my story on my show, women were coming up to me in the street, in the supermarket, at my gym, with tears in their eyes, thanking me for my bravery. But the word brave 
didn't sit right with me. Why is it brave to speak to an experience that millions of people around the world throughout history have gone through? And then I realized it is considered brave because as women, we have been taught to feel shame about our bodies since birth. I am so sad that we have to sit here in front of a row of politicians and give deeply personal statements because the why doesn't matter, it should not matter. I am a human being that deserves autonomy in this country that calls itself free, and choices that a human being makes about their own bodies should not be legislated by strangers who can't possibly know or understand each individual circumstances or beliefs. I'm here today to help destigmatize a legitimate medical procedure and continue to encourage women not to allow themselves to be shamed for their choices. And finally, I am here today for my two little girls, Birdie and Cricket. My dream for them is that they will live in a world in which women are truly equal with complete control over their own reproductive health. That is the dream I hold for all people, regardless of their privilege or parents or what state they live in. That dream is slipping further and further from reality with every ban passed. I hope that you, our elected leaders, can help us reverse the tide. Thank you. I look forward to today's discussion.